know what though? Overall, I think it sounds pretty good. Oh. I think it's a good topic. I think it's something that reflecting upon my well, failure as a coach. I've been really thinking about this. Yeah, I was going to actually ask you if you had time to because the, the other thing is that with time, this whole tennis rock, I, oh well, I know, God, but with this whole tennis rockers thing, obsess about it. Well, okay, good. That's good because one of the things is that you know people listening to this are probably going to be like, "That's nice. You guys talk a lot about processing. You guys talk a lot about reflecting, but do you actually do it?" And it's like, well, actually, you know, we had this great conversation the other day talking about vision and. Are your, do your students have a vision of who they want to be? And I, I want to build on that, but I was going to ask you right at the outset, which is, of course, you brought it up, which is great. We're on the same page. Is that did you have time to reflect on it? Because we always talk about we're living a fast forward life and we're not allowing ourselves and we're not allowing others to process and to reflect. And so I guess that's a question for you. Yeah, and the answer is yes. I'm going to sit down with each of my students that's your water that's he's not going to the bathroom <laughs> i didn't think the microphone would pick that up as well as it did. Anyway. no it's really wow coach claude's really incontinent today right. yeah i got my but i got my coffee if you hear I that see. if you hear my that sound for me it's coffee there you go i have a coffee problem so yes and i'm going to sit down with each of my students and ask them to start looking for players that they think their, some of their strokes are, are similar to or they would like to start emulating. And I'm also going to start asking my, not just my younger students, but my older students as well. Because I think it's important. And, you know, it's so funny that people get really conscious, self-conscious about body type. I don't know so much about younger people, but actually older people do. Oh, no, wait, they, I got to stop you. My kids... You know, my one kid, Cannibal, is Cannibal. super thin, and my other kid has more of a body build like me, so he's more yeah. of a Stan Wawrinka, yeah. right? And my one kid is, con you know, the skinny guy is always like, is always like, well, I'm skinny. And, I, and I'm like, would you stop? Would you just stop that? Like, you know, like, oh, he's fat. I said, no, he's big boned. And this is not like, everybody's going to laugh when they hear that. Like, you know, this is out of like the... Um, ice age story where he says it's not it's all my hair i'm not fat or whatever it's all, it's all my hair but no but there are different body types right and and kids themselves they become they start to be self become self-conscious well what's funny about that comment is that cannibals actually feeling less than or looking for something to one-up bomber on do you get what I'm saying? Like, I guess it, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, any comment like that yeah. is that you're actually the one that's a little jealous. Do you wish you had bigger bones? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> well, I'm skinny. I can do whatever, you know? And I think that that's something that, you know, me being, as my mom always said, oh, Pat, you're not fat. You're, you're just husky. <laughs> I'm like, mom, they don't, it doesn't say husky section. It's like extra large, right? That's the- Well, they didn't have Sears. Yeah, they had Sears and they- Oh, we, we were, were to Sears. No, we, we were- Oh, you guys are New Yorkers. New York. So we're probably... JC Penny. JC Penny. Oh, Penny's. JC okay. Penny's, and okay. we'd go there. I thought you guys were going to the fashion district and stuff like that. Oh like, no, I, I was on the island. We went to the Roosevelt Field <laughs> and right down the street, and we and she'd be like pulling on my ass and my crotch, like, "Is this is this, is this too tight? Is this too uh, right. you know?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm stop people to walk him. Oh my god, that's that's Susan from school. Just get your hands off me!" And she's like, and "Again, ready." And it's like brown cords. Right. Like, could you pick something else right, than right. other brown corduroys for your? Did they have husky the generic, son? the generic oh. Uh, shoes? Too? Oh yeah, 
that you had to get. My yeah. mom was brutal. She she just was not. She always did things like a year too late. Right. So I'd be like, Mom, I just want to get jeans. I just want jeans. Right. Stop getting because when when you're uh, yeah. heavier, your thighs are up. So I'd walk down the hall, you hear like. <laughs> be like oh there's sully yeah, but are you out. really gonna hear that with all these kids running around oh dude you heard that and then they would like rub out oh, in the middle yeah. and then you're like oh my god hey maybe the irish diet isn't working for me but whatever right. you're husky and so then i remember one year she's like i got a surprise for you and i was like what is it she's like i got you jeans i'm like no way and what'd she get super dark orange stitch I was like, what? I was like, I'm not wearing those. And she's like, no, you wanted jeans. You're wearing them. I was like, I'm not, I'm not wearing those at school. And this is like in the 80s, right? So what's popular at that point? Tapered acid wash jeans, right? Right. No one's wearing super dark but orange. Those were shirt. expensive, man. That stuff was not cheap. No, right? they were like tough skins. Like you could take like a, a chainsaw. Yeah, if you were creative, you could do it. You could figure out a way to kind of. I was At that point, I was not. So what did she do? Had to wear them, going to school. I was like, yo, Sully, nice jeans. <laughs> like, no, no. Wear them with pride. Oh, my Lord. It was whatever. But I, I think that, you know, when, yes, I agree with you, that everyone is always looking. When people say things like that to tear somebody down, there's something in them that they're jealous about. Or they're trying to build themselves up. But be, yeah. because they're jealous of something else. Yeah. And so adults, though. Or they're uncertain of what they are and who they are. They're uncertain, and they by by criticizing others, they're they're trying to certify who they are. Any criticism where you defend yourself or you put somebody down, right. I tell my kids, and it's true, somebody's broken. I'm not saying your kid's a kid, but I'm saying like if an adult, <laughs> if it, like, he's supposed to do that, he's going to get through it. He's all right. be fine. Um, he's learning. He's learning. He's right. new. He's not. He's, he's a, a rookie. He's a noob. He's yeah, a he's rookie. A newbie, yeah. But I, do, I guarantee, though, he knows not to wear super dark orange stitch jeans or JC Petty. He's like, I ain't wearing those. Those, those are fat pants. <laughs> like, I'm I don't wearing know. Those. I don't know. If oh. I can get my kids to wear pants, it's a miracle. Yeah. You know? Right. Because well, because you're they a love bomber shorts. and can't. Well, because they're boiling hot all the time. Right. I guess so. But I think that when people do that, they're always, you know, they're looking to build themselves up so they feel better about themselves. Yeah. And. People get embarrassed at any age. I don't care how successful you are, yeah, financially or whatever you might be. You're, I've seen this with adults. Mm -hmm. They are just as insecure about things, especially body type. But tie this. How do no, they I'm, get I'm embarrassed? About to. Oh, I'm okay. about to. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I'm going to film you on my phone. I kind of want to see. Like, I don't. I don't want to see myself. Oh right. 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 And it's. But what they're mm -hmm. looking at would be, like just like their torso, right? right? Or, or maybe, even their face. I mean, or, people or with this coronavirus thing, a lot of people, you don't, you're not in this world, but in the business world, a lot of people have to get really comfortable really fast with video meetings because people were just so used to, oh, well, I'll have an in-person meeting. I'll have an in-person meeting and they're not cognizant or I'll travel somewhere. Now you're on video and you see yourself like in the mirror. <laughs> You know, up in the corner or whatever, and you're like, "Wow!" Oh, I didn't I think of that. Really, I didn't think of that. I really, yeah. People are getting more and more comfortable with it really quickly because I'm sure there's like legions of people. Everybody's got a phone, and everybody's using FaceTime or Skype or whatever. And I'm sure people are older. People are reticent to use it because they're like, "I don't want to see myself. Let's just use the phone." You know what I mean? Let's just use the. Do phone. Do you think someone's like, "Wow, I, can, <clears throat> I have like Nadal face ticks. I keep touching myself." <laughs> Do people know, or do you think people uh, yeah. check themselves out? Also, like, hey, look, I didn't notice. That. I think people are. Well, I do think people are much are have gotten comfortable with it a lot quicker now. 
They've had to. They have no choice because you know people aren't going into the office and it's like, well, we're going to have a Zoom meeting and you're going to be on video. And they're like, can't we just have a conference call? Nope, we're doing video because that's how we're going to connect. And it's, I think it's helped people get a little bit, hopefully it's helped people get a little more comfortable. But anyway, so you ask these people, you're going to ask these people to. So because there's, but so I would, anyway, <clears throat> I was saying was because everybody has some sort of like body issue sometime, not everybody, but if you do, and you're like, listen, can we can we just focus on the pattern or the the shape of the stroke you're supposed to be doing, not trying trying to phase yourself out? And I think this is where you take performers, musicians, actors. I mean, think about someone that's on a musical or Broadway play. They have to get up pretty much five six days a week in any mood and stand in front of people and perform the same character consistently over and over and over again. Yeah. Think how difficult that is. And miserable. <laughs> At oh. some level, you got to really love what you do. And, and you're because like, like, if you're a musician, you're like, yeah, I'm kind of expected to be a character. I'm kind of expected to wear this, but you can make subtle changes. You can change the solo. You can do whatever. You can yeah, do whatever. You, you are not doing that if you are. No, that, that is. Yeah. And same with like sports. You know, here's a great uh, non-analogy because in sports, it's random. Right, there's things that can happen, but we don't know. Right, that random element is really cool. Right, when you're in a play or a musical, it's like, no, there's your blocking. Don't right. screw it up. Right, like you're you're basically performing your dance routine over and over and over. Precisely again. the way it's almost like you know you're having your Olympic gold moment, the, your quest for gold uh, every you, time. Yeah, except <laughs> except you get to do it again the next day. You're We're, on the floor exhibition at the Olympics, yeah. and you're in that gold moment every single day <laughs> right and, in, and instead of getting uh a medal yeah you get people applauding or people going you suck <laughs> right or that they're just the or worse they're apathetic and then they walk out and go meh could that be the worst like a pin dropping after a, yeah. a big song you're like oh, oh gee like, wow. i totally bombed that one right so being able to new york audiences are not generous unless you get the tourist crowd then maybe yeah that's a whole different thing yeah that's a whole different thing. But if you're on it, yeah. yeah. So I think that getting people comfortable with the way other people look, players, and then trying to go uh, very much like Tai Chi, right? <clears throat> going through, or yoga, going through the motions of it and getting comfortable accepting so, yourself you, as a tennis player. But it's so fascinating. You're saying that body. there's kind of a barrier. What you're saying is, is like, if you're going to tell people, am I hearing this right? There's a bar There's a hidden barrier. <clears throat> so there's it, another hidden barrier, an invisible barrier. So yes. what you're saying is, am I hearing this right? So you've got a student, not so much with the kids, but you're talking an older student and you say, Hey, go out and find. And, and let's say it's a, it's a guy and, and he, or, or a female, whatever you want to say. And you say, and they say, well, I really like the way Justine Hennan hits that backhand. Right, and you're saying to me that arguably one of the best one-handed backhands in the history of tennis. I would argue that. Also. Okay, yeah, so, yes. So, but you're saying yes. that they're going to be. I, I want to understand this. That they're going to be self-conscious about it. I, yeah, I just had a guy yesterday who's older. He's 60s, and great guy. We've been trying to set up a lesson, and we got together yesterday. He does, and we already had a lesson over the summer like towards the end of the summer about movement. He doesn't move well. He doesn't move like a tennis player, ex-baseball player, but he reads well. Like he reads trajectory well. Right. When he, when he actually gets into position, he hits a good ball. Right. Well, oh, shoot, sorry. And I just banged my head into the lamp. So we were out there yesterday 
and he, I I had seen heard him the day before. He was on the ball machine, and I walked out. I said, "Hey, I got some time tomorrow. It's been a nightmare in my personal life. I got it worked out. I got some time. Do you want to do? I have tomorrow at noon." He's like, "I'm in. I'm in." So I said, and I had a few minutes for my next lesson. I said, "So what are you working out on here on the ball machine?" And he's like, "Well, I'm just working on blah blah blah." I said, "Hey, can I give you a couple things to think about on?" how to strike the ball when you're on the ball machine. I, I, I could hear that you clipped it late a few times. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. So we talked a little bit about choosing on a shot with your, he has a one-handed backhand. And I said, or I suggested, did you ever think about that you don't have one kind of backhand that I have like five based with my one based on or right. six or seven based on what's coming at me and how the ball was hit. So I said, you're looking to rotate your shoulders as a rotational shot. You want to, you're looking to rotate and extend in for a big giant shot down the line. And I have the bean firing it like within a foot of the baseline. Unless your last name is Federer, I don't think that's going to happen for you. Or unless and, you're unless you're jumping back about well, about unless you create the space six feet. Well, right, right. But then <laughs> in two seconds, right. But that doesn't make sense either because right. then you're opening up the court in a real place, situation. and you're off your COG, and you'll never uh, nail it. Right, and you just open. You're opening up the do side. Doesn't make any sense. So I said, well, so you want to go with this extension from you want to create from your arms now with a shoulder pinch and just extend out. Don't go for the rotational force, um, right? Unless you're going to take it cross court but then you're going to diffuse the shot and maybe your swing path is going to be a more low to high with a slight rotation and let's and he's like oh so i leave and he stays in the ball machine like another half an hour and i go to my lesson walks in yesterday and he says you know i was really thinking about you asked me what i wanted to work he on. was reflecting and processing yeah and this is why i like this guy a lot and comes out and says, you asked me to say what I want to work on. He said, after you told me those three options based on what the ball was doing, he said, you know, I really realized I don't, he said, I don't address the ball well. Hello think, ball. Hello ball. I think that's a, that's a golf <laughs> thing, isn't it? Yeah. Golf. No, it's fine. It's a golf. Yeah. And I said, you mean. Maybe in tennis you meet the ball. <laughs> no, but really what he was saying was, that, so then he showed me, he's like, you know, I get too close. I'm too far away. Blah, 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 blah. And I said, so you mean you're like w the way you set up? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's it. That's it, right? Here we go, the terminology now. So he doesn't even know the terminology, right? So I said, so when you set up, you're not in position to hit what you want to hit. Can I stop you? Can you define setup for the audience? Yeah, that, that's when you're, you're running for the ball and you're getting balance or set up in the stance and the way your hands are prepped to take the shot that you want to take based on what you thought was hit to you by the, your opponent. In other words, the your set, your depth, feet, your, your the feet. depth of the ball, all this stuff you talk about when you talk about pace, Hi right? Height, height depth, depth, speed, spin, spin and location. location. Jinxie block out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was, yeah. That was good. Of right? course. Yeah. So the five factors of the ball. Right. And you get, hey, five milliseconds, go, figure it out. <laughs> and so, right, welcome to hell. Tennis, welcome to hell. Right. Uh, and so, and then welcome you, to I. Hey, is there a pickleball class I can <laughs> <laughs> paddle, please? Paddle class this way. Hit <laughs> <laughs> the crickets. <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> <laughs> we 
in a second there. I think we were both reflecting on oh, that, like, yeah. well, that is what's happening. That is totally That right. is what's happening. Okay, that yeah, right, happening. right, right, right. So, and then getting your feet in position to take the shot that you want to take. Right. And... But I think if more people realize that, I'm just going to say this really fast in a New York moment. But I think yeah. if really more people realize that, they would go easier on themselves, especially when they're especially when they're trying to learn and and appreciate the game and practice the game. Don't you think? Everybody should go easier on themselves with tennis. Give oh. yourself a lot of space. Yeah. So we so I said let's just hit. Yeah. And I so we were hitting and just bear with me on this, okay? Just bear with me on this because I think it, it'll. Yeah. We had a moment together. Yeah. I think of there, reflection I, and process. Yeah, there's going to be a third date, I think. I, I, I was because it was because you know what it was. Yeah. It was we really we were laughing. It was a lot of fun. Did you show your shoulders like you know in the cut off sleeve thing that you do? Oh, totally. I went, <laughs> I went to the gun shop. Totally went to the gun shop. I was hiding. But see, I go to the gun. I go to the gun shop to hide the punch to hide the beer punch. I have to go to the gun shop. Is what I do. It's a distraction tactic. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do more of my ad. It's not an attraction tactic. No, it's, it's a distraction tactic. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's so funny. How to tell when you've gotten older. Yeah, it's no yeah. longer an attraction Jeez, tactic. You know, I do 4,000 sit-ups. I still can't lose the belly. It's like, come on, man. Way to screw me. Universe. Anywho. So anyway. Reflection. Refl- ref- processing. We start hitting, and he, he's reflected. So he said about his setup. And so I said, let's just start hitting. And all coaches do this where they realize okay, well, if I land the ball here at this height, there's no way they're going to get it. If I hit it this hard, they're not ready for that. I have to... People don't understand like, what goes on when a coach is hitting with you. By the way, this is completely this different is to when I coach my kids. Because when I coach my kids, they got to take the junk that I feed them. Now, my one son will not put up with it. <laughs> He's he's like auto correcting me. I need it higher. No, not that high. I need it lower. I told you. And my other son's off at the side chuckling. Like good luck dealing with him. <laughs> good luck. I need it to the left. No, not that far left. I need it to the right. We've gotten to the point where we put out we put out like cones. But specifically, he wants the ball. <laughs> I'm like, but that's not bad though. I don't think that's I bad. Did, no, I, I like that. He we're laughing at, we call him high maintenance, yeah. but at the same time, he's doing what exactly what you're, what you're saying that you as a coach have to do in milliseconds. Right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. I have to do it in milliseconds, but the reason I do it or all coaches do, we, we're not doing it to, to make it easier. We're cause it's a warm up. It's to, illust- no. but it's to illustrate what's what so we can coach we say okay they can take it here they can't take it here they can take it here okay they we need to work on this it also lets the player know that in cer- certain circumstances you hit really well here so what i noticed with this guy he takes from the ground from the baseline all shots between his hip and his knee everything's from the thigh nothing's um high in the strike zone nothing can i ask you how many times did it take you to to see that I mean, how many, like, you, you're hitting the ball with him. How many, just roughly. I mean, obviously, you don't have to put it down. Five minutes. Five, five minutes. minutes. So but, you're but, observing but, him. It, I want to be clear here. You're. This is a very important thing that just okay. gets glossed over. Okay. Because I had to learn this as a coach. Okay. You're taking in, your sensory data is intense. You're, I, I just want to. I just want to call that out. People don't appreciate that. And that makes the $100 lesson well worth it, folks, because the sensory data that, because what you've done is you've isolate out, this is what professionals do. You can isolate out all the other noise 
and you can filter and select and focus and your sensory data is really good. Well, thank you. Yeah. And I think all good coaches were like that. We're, and so in, within five minutes, I was like, uh, so you saw him, I we were doing mini tennis. You saw it, him taking the ball from the, mostly from the, between his, uh, her, his, uh, hip and his th- uh, knee. So okay. his thigh. Yeah. And then I said, okay, well, let's back up. So we did five minutes of mini tennis. So we back up for another five minutes on the baseline. And sure enough, and now I'm controlling because we're on the baseline. Right. And I purposely hit with, underspin so the ball will sit up a little bit instead of kicking at somebody when they're warming up. I mean, I'm going to unload on them later. <laughs> it's coming later. <laughs> the storm is coming, right? right? Something wicked this way comes, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, I was hitting and I noticed, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to float this into that area and it would sit, it would, it would bounce and, and he would hit a good clean shot. And I was like, okay, so now I'm going to drop that a little bit lower. Now was he hitting an underspin? Not to get so technical, but was he hitting? No, an it's kind of it, like he was more like a side right, spin. Side like spin. the way he plays, it's more like a side spin. Interesting. Okay. Uh, a little bit flat. Right. Uh, it's a low ball though. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't hit with a lot of top spin? Yeah. Uh, which I actually like. He hits with his son, who's in his twenties. His son hits a big ball, so I think when he plays him, you know he's he's he, got to cut the speed a little. A little. So he's got this weird <clears throat> like like forward up and down motion that kind of diffuses but hits out but he keeps it low like right. it's a good shot i mean i like his game and so i was moving the ball in the strike zone to see what where he was successful the most on forehand and backhand and i'm going to tell you a hundred percent of the time every time the ball was in is by his thigh he'd hit it clean and he'd hit a good shot over that 100 percent of the time the minute i changed the height if it was too high, he'd run into it. If it was too low, he's, he was too far. He, his movement was was compromised based on whatever. But you're also marking that you're also marking the distance, aren't you? Yes. Well, so okay. So I figured out the height. <clears throat> okay. Then I was like, okay, now I'm gonna. So that's why I started approaching that about the. the so depth, you're kind of running. Depth. You're kind of running off a checklist, a mental checklist, and you're matching it up. This is a processing thing, but you're matching up your mental checklist to well, try to isolate using your sensory, your sensory skills. Correct. Well, what did he tell me? He has trouble setting up. Well, that means movement and movement specifically to different depths and height of the ball or the other factors. But I had to introduce the other factors yet because we're not there yet. Okay. So I'm not going to, we're not dealing with speed. That, that's off the table right now because that has to do then with meaning uh, the speed of the ball. Right. Um, I was dealt specifically with height, right, depth, and spin because I wanted him to hit at a controllable pace that's not like we're going to win, right? Because he, <laughs> right. he has to address what the issues are or right. what he said the, he thought the issues yeah, were. Yeah, you got to go slow so you can go fast. But So can I just clarify here too? He came in with what he wanted to work on. Yeah. I didn't. So he had a vision. I gave him some advice on the ball machine, right? He had his vision of, and, and he said, you know, I, I reflected on when I'm playing with my son, this is what happens a lot. So then after about 10, 15 minutes, I said, hey, come on up. So I just have to say this real quick, and we're going to come back to this. Oh, but, okay. So emotionally, though, <clears throat> I find this interesting because emotionally he's playing with his son, right? And so he's got to keep up with this kid which is probably a little bit of an emotional thing for him because he wants to keep up with his kid. He wants to probably sometimes beat his kid. Think of all the emotions, though. He's like, oh, my God, I'm playing the 
best sport in the world with my son. Right. And he's like, oh my God, my son's kicking my butt. <laughs> right. Right. Like there's all these. And on factors, the one hand, you're right? happy that he's kicking your butt because you're like, wow, look at his growth. But on the other hand, you're like, listen, I cannot let this kid kick my butt the entire time or he's not going to want to come back and play with me. <laughs> he's going to be like, I don't want to play with my dad. I mean, yeah, oh, my dad. And then be charitable. Nobody wants, nobody, nobody wants, to feel wants that. no dad wants Nobody that. wants that charity. There's plenty of charity, but nobody wants if, that charity. If I'm 90, you give me the charity. But, <laughs> right. but until then, you, you bring it. So there's the emotion. There's the emotion of all that. But then there's the emotion of, and this is what I really wanted to get to. And we're going to, we're right going to come back to this because I don't want to think I'm derailing. The emotion that he's been able to put aside. Uh, I think this is very important at this point. He's not being self-conscious yet. He's being self-aware. So he's not being self-conscious, like yeah, looking great. around like, God, I should be able to get this. And I should, I, 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 I don't know. And, uh, and other people oh, are looking I hit at both. me. I hit, <laughs> I hit both. Shoot. <laughs> I hit both. No, no, hold on. Say, say that one more time. He, cause that was, uh, he's not being self-conscious, but he is being self-aware. Right. That's right. And if, as that soon as he was self, but if he was self-conscious, the lesson would have been over as soon as he walked on the court. Right. There's that moment where he's been able to let go of the self-consciousness of worrying what other people think in the adjacent courts or what the pro thinks, or if there's other people in a, in a lesson, he's been able to let go of that self-consciousness, but he's also self-aware. Like, you know what? I am making these mistakes He's also let go of the getting good quickly phenomenon, which we talked about in a previous episode, right? And he's now self-aware and he's like in the moment and he's being earnest about the whole thing. He's not going junior high school. He's not going high school. He's going elementary school. He's coming back to the basics and he's asking questions and he's engaged and he's really interested in learning and he's not, all the other stuff is just bye-bye. And that's the, that's the purest form which you hope to get to. I'm, I, I know he, I he put on the super dark orange stitch JC Penny <laughs> jeans and was like, I don't care. And you're like, dude, you're rocking those jeans right now. That's right. You no, know, and I think that's an important point. You know, and you just said something about elementary school learning. Those kids are not self conscious. Right. When you're four, five, six, seven, eight, you really aren't right at all. It's not until you're like, 10, your brain 11. waves, your brain waves and your hormones haven't changed yet. And you're, you're just, you're, you're in the, the world is, and, and that they, they talk about that in studies, how the level of questions and curiosity after like fifth grade drops like a stone. <laughs> it drops oh, like a so, stone. So when we say things, <clears throat> excuse me, when we say things like, oh, it's, it, I say this, getting people to start younger, it's not because they're going to be more talented or their their skill set it's because the emotional embarrassment's not there that's why right and the problem the is consciousness factor you know i just thought of this too yeah so this but when you have an abusive coach or parent that's pushing too hard right that actually has the inverse effect it makes them self-conscious because then they're worried about doing right and wrong right they're not you're not being processed but you're we're not recognizing as educators if you are saying what did i tell you to do what what were you thinking there uh, 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 i don't know again ready 
I'm seven. I don't know. I got like I got like eight hundred questions from the question you asked me. <laughs> right. like, that's that's the whole point, right? Yeah. But the fact that they're not self conscious or even self aware sometimes, right? We have to let that fly, and it's not about getting better, faster, faster, faster when you're younger. It's bringing something in like you did in a way that's slow, that is consistent without being abusive or condescending that doesn't create self-consciousness. Right. Because if you do that, you just ruined it. And I would argue that we don't just let it fly. I think we have to nurture it and prolong it. Is not nurturing 100%, 100%. It. We're, not, we're not nurturing and prolonging this, this, this concept. And that's, and that's, and we need to, I think we've, we've talked about this before, but literally like this is where the coach has to take control right from the beginning. Do you, do you know the concept? If at all possible. Do you know the two, there's two concepts, will to conquer or for with people there with personalities. You can either have a personality where you have a will to conquer or a will to know. So somebody with a will to conquer personality is counting the W's and L's. You know, they're, they're more financial based. You know, they want the bigger bank account. Does it make sense? They're, they're, they're keeping score. Listen, I totally get it. And I think that there are kids, no. like you just to build on this, there are people who maybe are have a will to know but because they've been conditioned by an abusive person or whatever you want to say. Or, or no, but right, hold on. So you have a will to know person. No, you're right. If they're in a, conflict internally. Or, or hold on, but the styles are different. So if you have a will to know and yeah. you're being taught by a will to conquer, right. you just created the will to know into a self-conscious, emotional, anxious, hot mess. Right. Stop. Right. If you have a personality type that has a will to conquer, then you're the right person it's for the that. right fit right but a will <laughs> to know needs a will to know i can i can glean something from a will to conquer and i and i'm not disrespecting it what i'm saying is that that's not right. i have a will to know right we're so very I. curious people yeah. right mm -hmm. so i surround myself with will to knowers right will to conquerors just i don't get it because everything is a, 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 a win or a loss based on financial and i don't i'm with you on future value and emotional value. And so that doesn't work for me. So I have to be very careful in who I surround myself with. Right. So if I, and that, so ready, here's why I had to weed out some students. Because it's again, not that they're bad people, but if they have a will to conquer, right. I'm the worst coach for you. And some people don't like to hear that. Well, well, you didn't want to coach me. Well, you have a will to conquer. That's okay. Or you're a closed loop. You 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 don't. You're not an open loop person. That's open to really these weird concepts or esoteric concepts that I like to hold on to that that push me forward. So, I think these things are all important when it comes to coaching. And, and ready now. Take it back to my guy. He has a will to know. He's open looped new concepts. And you got those signals because he comes up to you. You all you did was feed him. You fed him you, like like a giraffe at the zoo. You threw a couple of carrots in the in the thing, and he was like, "Oh, I gotta have it." And then he came back to you and was like, "You know, I've I've processed what you said. I've reflected on what you've said, and now I have some questions." He didn't come back and say, "When when you when you said," and that's a signal for I think other coaches, younger coaches who might be listening to you as a possible mentor. He didn't come back to you and and you said. And say nothing or you said hey did you think about what i talked about and he said yeah you know it's fine i just want to hit some balls let's go or just show me what you're going to show me let's go 
That's a, or maybe you've got a better example than that of somebody who would have. No, that's out. right on the money, and and that's fine too. And that's fine. We're not. Yeah, I'm not discounted, but I like to coach. I don't want to be a ball machine, right? I, I that's just not my thing. It's, right. It's it's. So he had he had he had uh, reflected and processed what you what you did, and now you're on the court and you're working with him, and you're taking this apart slowly. Because this is you're you're in earnest trying to help him really build a specific skill, and and, and his skill was setting up to the ball. He was either too close or too far, and just and he said ultimately led back to he wanted to be able to hit the ball well. <laughs> I mean, this is that simple. He did, well, he was making unforced errors actually on mm. on shots that he and he said it. He says I feel like I'm there, and he's like I don't understand. So, will to know. Here we go. We hit, we figure out it's the thigh. And I said, you know what we're going to do? I said, did you notice, do you know that where your strike zone is? He's like, well, it's supposed to be like up here, right? I go, well, for some people, <laughs> I said, yours is actually down by your thigh. I said, do you know you take like 100% of your shots at the thigh? This is so interesting. Wait a minute. I have to stop you. Okay. This is, I guess, my revelatory moment, but I have to. Give it a minute. I Okay, go for it. This is from my upbringing in the old school. This is part of the low to high lie contingent group. I always thought there was just one strike zone. That's like saying there's one one follow through. There's not. I no. Oh, that's so interesting. It's what you. It's what you want. It's your strike zone. It's your game, man. Where are you most comfortable taking? And you can design that through. So that's not based on. That's not based. So you cannot. (laughs) That's so funny. You cannot. You cannot systematize the strike zone. You can't sit there and say, oh, well, this is where everyone's strike zone is. So No, because it's blah, based blah. on it's based on movement and also now here's the deal, ready? More rotational happen around the hip area. So you could argue that somewhere between, you know, like your 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 midriff to your mid thigh, where the hips rotate, where the optimal rotational forces are, that will generate a ton of a ton of power but that's one i look at i don't look at it right or wrong so if you're going for that one thing then yes that would be the strike zone the optimal place if that's what you're going for but if you have somebody based on age height sex weight mobility level injuries when they're going to get there and their natural aptitude towards something or leaning towards something they're bent why would i change that because it's second nature he just didn't know it was second nature do you ever do you have like a something that's that you, so interesting and you wouldn't and and you wouldn't try to correct it you're like i'm no no because gonna it's going to take it. i'm going to work with this because he's going to be do it's going to take me three years and and he would have to do so much work on <clears throat> On his mobility, I mean, like you're talking about like a 12-step program <laughs> to get him to get it to buy his hips, which is a complete waste of his time and money. It's not going to help. And then he's going to get frustrated because he's he's works for a living. Let's say like, let's put this in context. Sure, as, sure. I'm, I'm, but again, would I have known this at 23? No, I'm 50, right? So it's taken a lot. It's taken me 20 years to get mm-hmm. to this point. It takes a long time. Coaching a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. But also, but also being humble enough to ask other coaches, right, going out there. But let's not go on a tangent. So he says, I do? And I say, yeah. So do you notice like on all the balls that are like shorter or like 
so we, we let me let me rewind for a second. So I said, let's do a drill. So just we'll go to the juice side. We'll address your backhand first. Your setup for your backhand on a short ball on the ad side. He plays singles, so we. I said it's gonna be two to me. So I, he's on the deuce. I'm on the deuce. We're cross court. I feed him the ball. He's supposed to hit two forehands to me cross court. Where do I land them? When I'm hitting with him, what do I do? I land them so they hit exactly in his strike zone on the forehand because I want his mind on that. Now he's paying attention to it. I brought it up. I wasn't hitting shots that were not there because there's an awareness now. So if I start hitting shorter shots, just in the two rally balls, and I start hitting it harder or deeper or shorter and higher on that, that's not what we're trying to do right now. I need to work the awareness because he didn't know it. And you could see it when he hit it. He was like, oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's like right there. So, so it was two to me from the deuce. Let me think about that. You're, you're hitting across a 78-foot court, and you are working on this skill set, which you just promised this guy. And you're like, this is the problem you've, you've highlighted. Now the pressure's on you. you got to really come through. Because now it's like, I want to show you. And if you F up the shots, then all of a sudden, he this, this is the pressure that a coach is under. All of a sudden, if you F up the shots, he's like a will to conquer person, especially would probably be like, come on, man, we're not getting this, whatever. Let's just move on. I'm just going to hit the ball, whatever. And you're under a lot of pressure at that point because you got to deliver. <laughs> you're like, well, well, I, I just told you about this technique. And now he doesn't know this, but you have to do something to in order to make that happen because if you give him a poor not a poor shot but if you give him a shot that's too high that bounces too high or that's too deep and pushes him back off his cog whatever it is you now have you now have cut against your credibility on the court well if you what, don't produce that well what that's happened, pretty intense i never thought about it that way but that's not only my credit but not only my credibility that mm -hmm. is he's now distracted from well, see, the ball's up here. The ball's down here. Right. Because he's not, because he's playing the point. Right. And he's correct. When you're playing the point, you should be just playing the point. Right. So I land two where they should go. He gets them back to me. And then his preparation for the third shot, I'm going to take his second shot and take it down the line to the ad side. Okay. And I'm going to float it so it lands in the midcourt high. And he runs straight into it. <laughs> Chest high. And he goes, he was hilarious. He goes, that was too high. And I go, you think? Is that your thigh? And he goes, nope. I go, let's do it again. And he was laughing. I mean, it was great. And so we keep going. But this is interesting. He's not getting frustrated. At the point no, now he's, he's like, super aware. Where other people would be like, God, I, and self-judgment, judgmental, like, God, I suck. No, he's not, no. He's not doing that. He's, he's, he's hanging in there with you. Oh, he's I mean, great. He's great. So we keep going, and he runs into the ball three more times. Yeah. And he's like, ready? Oh, what's wrong with me? Here's the struggle. Here, right, Here's the struggle we were just talking about, getting good quickly versus the struggle. Sorry. But No, no. But you're right, though. But I think this is worth unpacking also. Awareness yeah. is different from change. Okay. So... By my hitting to his comfortable strike zone, which is at the thigh level on the forehand, he was successful. And But now he could see the disparity between the two heights, right? He had to see that also. 
right? So if I started jacking up with topspin where it's sitting up high on him, he's not going to see that. He's just going to, right? He's, I, I needed him to see this is the quality. Right. So I said to him, maybe you're moving too fast for this type of shot. What if you slowed down a beat? What if you made yourself late? Which actually for him would be on right time. On time, on time <laughs> right? Because he has a lower <laughs> strike zone. So by lowering the strike zone and he's being older, he's actually given himself more time, which is why he's, he is faster than he looks because he's able to, when he can take it on, in the lower in the strike zone by the thigh, he's there. So you could see over a half an hour so what, now we're 45 minutes into the lesson, okay? You could see the ball dropping, right? A little bit, and then it happened. Then, by the end of the lesson, he was able to go from the deuce side to, to that high midcourt where he would actually get there. And there was a few times where he got there and he's like, I'm not going to hit it. And he just let it drop because he's like, it's too high. He didn't even swing at it. But the interesting part is that this, this goes into the whole vision thing, which we were talking about and how important the vision is because really in that moment of struggle by him uh, having success at least once by you helping him to, to get there to that success, he then has a vision that he's created for himself. And that he can take root in and he can be like, no, hold on. I did it once. If I did it once, there's the possibility that I can do it again. And he knows what it feels like. Right. If, if you don't know what it feels like, how do you have any vision? Right. Right. That's yeah. And that goes right or wrong. Right. So if he, if, well, you can have, couldn't you have a little bit of vision if you're just looking at what somebody else is doing? I guess you could, but it's not, it's no, no, those yeah. are levels of learning. Aren't yes, they? I think you should see it. Well, I think that's what I did when I went over. Mm. I showed him the day before, remember, on the backhands. And that, so he visually saw that, that's right, going out. And now he had a, a three-tiered mm. vision, which led him, that vision led him to his setup. And he didn't understand why he couldn't hit these shots. So there we go. And now, and now in the lesson... He's connected the dots. He went from the visual through the practice of revealing something in his game that he felt comfortable bringing to the table. We, we identified what it was together. And then we worked through it. And he left saying, this is a, he said to me, this was a really good lesson. And again, able because you weren't a ball machine. Correct. Sorry, and, and he has a will but that to actually, but, but he also wanted to know. Yeah, he wasn't a will to conquer. Where, he wants, so if we flip it, so if we flip it, if let's say he was a will to conquer guy, he could have easily have gone through that lesson and been like, you'd been like, hey, what'd you think? And he's like, it was cool, whatever. And you're like, already Jesus, here, here. we just covered this good, whole good, thing. Good workout. Good workout. That's what he would say to you. That's you most, know. I think that's <clears> most, that was a good workout, which is fine, but- his will to know will allow him to conquer. Just because you have right. a will to conquer right. doesn't mean that you know the steps. You need to have a little bit of a will to know. Right. And if you don't have a vision, then there is no will to know, and you'll never get to the will to conquer. It's a three-tiered thing, right? How do you, how do, you do anything without a vision? 
You don't. I mean, you. Okay, here's my vision. <clears throat> when someone now, says how, that, how, do, how do I get there? I need to know how to get to my vision. Okay, well, if I can't figure it out myself, I'll ask a coach, a mentor, a teacher, my mom, my dad, a friend. Yeah. So that's a will to know. Here's my vision. What do you think? Somebody looks at and says, oh, have you thought about this? Oh, okay, I'll try that. Then you start going through the steps of the no, and then you realize, you know, that was good advice. I'm going to do more of that. But you know, this is where, um, this is an interesting phenomenon that we're now seeing within the last 15, 20 years, probably maybe, yeah, 20 years, is that we're tapping into the visual experience that people have, and we're seeing an acceleration of people's learning. And it's pretty funny because leading up to this, it was like, well, if you're not a reader, you're not a leader. <sighs> yeah, reading is really important and we don't want to discount that at all. We love reading. But the thing is, it's interesting is add on to the reading this visual component because some so many people are visual processors and things like that. And it's really fascinating because you see it in music. You see it in music, okay? Uh, you see kids kids well it's it goes back to that jackal video where you saw the 10 year old on the drums playing right that you it's you're no longer you've you've broadened out your ability and this is where it helps for vision the video and all that stuff helps to create an even better vision it's like a picture's worth a thousand words whatever the point is is that people are accelerating their learning by tapping into that vision and the video is helping them achieve that vision, right? So in other words, you, you have a kid and we'll borrow it from, we'll, we'll steal from music uh, circles is you have a kid who, you know, years ago when you learned to play, when you wanted to play a, a rock song, <laughs> you put the record on, <laughs> which sounds like you're a caveman now, right? You put the, re uh, isn't there somebody on YouTube that you just Google the riff? No, there was nobody, you know, you listened to it and you had to slow the record down. They would take a record player for those in the younger generation, say you'd take a record player and then they would put it on a slower speed. They called it the 78 speed, right? Instead of 33 and a third RPM, they would put it on a slower speed and they would take apart the song and you would hear and you'd be like, Oh, that's how they did it because they're doing it so fast. I get it. That's what you do now on YouTube when you go, you know, three quarter speed, whatever. Anyway, the no, that's right. That's exactly what what's going. But I think there's for me there's I have a three tiered learning process. Right. Read it, see it, do it. But I have to also read it, and I also write when I read, or I'll annotate and I'll dog ear and underline and I'll reread, and then when I get to a concept. I'll sit on the concept. I never, like, it takes me a long time to read books because if a concept hits me, I'm actually going to sit on the concept. And right. then I apply the concept. This is part of your My processing process. and reflection. Correct. Which, is al which allows me to songwrite, which allows me to coach, be a better dad, right? Because I really, I'm all about change. I'm all about making myself, because I have a will to know. Right. I don't think that I know every. I know it sounds like I do sometimes. Like, oh, it's because I'm constantly second guessing myself. Well, no, I think it's also part of your approach that you know you're um, more extroverted, and uh, when you when you come out, 
you're confident at what you're confident in your approach with with things and i think that that has a way of coming across to people like oh he thinks he knows everything but it's not at all it's just you're excited and energized by what you're getting into and you're like oh this is really cool and and you know you want to you want to get into it even further and i think some people struggle with that because they're like you, where you might jump in with both feet there's a lot of people who would they need time they and that's their form of processing right when something hits you and it's new and you just it strikes you you're like oh this is so cool oh, oh right yeah oh yeah, yeah i got it you so, know so you know what's funny i had that reaction when he said to me a, a he said, addressing the ball. I'm, I realized he's like, I'm, I have trouble addressing the ball. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, the setup. Yeah. I said, let's like, I was excited. I was like, now that, that gave me, okay, here we go. A foothold in your mountain that you're climbing together. Correct. And, but then when I said it to him, he was like, oh yeah. And like all, but he jumped into that also. Right. He had, not only did he, he was trying to climb the mountain with you, right? But not only did he sideline the emotional, where he's like, I'm, I'm his self consciousness. He yeah. was, he was going with the awareness, but he was excited by the awareness, and I could see that we were both. Now that I'm like looking, I'm saying that now, like looking in hindsight, we both were all in there. Like we were both like, I was like, oh wait, let's let's talk this through. And I was like, okay, well, let me try this. And I said, have you thought about this on this kind of ball as you're running? Try a stutter step. Can, can you wait longer? And then he's not going to stutter step. It's not going to happen unless he like starts doing footwork drills five days a week. Okay. So can you just stop and clarify once again, <laughs> what are your terms? Stutter step. It's a series of smaller steps. No, lets, don't, don't, don't just, don't just do this whole, seriously, seriously. I know you think whatever. I actually had not even heard that term. I probably do it, but I don't even realize it. So can you please just, once again, you always tell me to slow down. So now I'm asking you to slow so down. So when you run for a ball. Yeah. A far distance. Yeah. Sometimes. Not all the time. Yeah. That's a misnomer. Sometimes I don't stutter step. You run and then you need to slow your momentum down to set up to regain your balance. And you take a series of very small little steps in order to put your feet into the stance that you want to use oh, to hit the ball i do that but i've just called it like i i made the analogy you when we were playing with my kids this summer and we were talking about setting up for the ball and i said you have to be like a machine maybe you don't remember this but i was like you know one of those futuristic fantasy machines like in terminator or whatever that has to make no, you remember this. Yeah, 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 very yeah, quick yeah. micro adjustments like but that's what your body's doing at that very moment and you call that stutter step I'm, it's not just you. <laughs> Pros call that stutter stepping. But, but you know, it's funny. Is Ed, and I'm, I roll my eyes because I'm, I'm anticipating that mostly I, coaches are listening to this, even though I hope everybody's listening to this podcast. But you're right. I, I do feel like, oh, that seems so mundane that I have to explain that. But it is good that you call me out on it because you have to be able to explain it. Right? Somebody's like, I don't know. You just take some small steps. Well, what does that mean? Right? So even then you called me out on it. It's like, okay, well, you're running for a ball. Usually... You know what it's like here? Let me give you the analogy. Ikea has gotten really good at this. When you open up an Ikea product, you see stick figures and they show you exactly how to do it. They don't use complicated terminology. They don't do any of that. But if you go back in time, about 30 years ago before Ikea was around and you'd open up a product and they would use vernacular and terms in there. They were like a lift and appliant to the opening of the... <laughs> 
And you're like, what the hell does this say? I don't even know what this is. I, you've got to be kidding me with this. You're not real, right? You're not real. I don't even know what this is. And it's like, dad, how are we doing? Uh, how's that coming? Are you helping us to assemble that? I'm flanging over here. I'm flanging. Give me a <laughs> and you're, second. No, you're just like, you know what? Screw this. Screw the, Bing! there go the directions. And then you put the whole thing together and there's like six parts still left. And you're like, everybody's like, aren't those important? And you're like, no, it's working just fine. It's working just fine. It's working just fine. It'll be fine, right? And that's the equivalent of it. That's your what the problem is when you talk like that to some degree. I'm sure there's gonna be pros that listen to this, but what I'm saying is for I'm speaking from the layman contingent, even though I've been in tennis for a very long time and I coach my kids. I, you know, I think it's really helpful because it deconstructs, it makes it I'm asking for IKEA. You're giving me electrical engineer. And I'm asking for Ikea. And the only reason is, is because I think it helps people process better because I think ultimately we, you know, by people relate, they often say that people learn things better when you tell them stories, but I think it's also important that if you can make it more Crayola. Well, I think you're talking about being clear and succinct in, 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 well, succinct is, Hey, stutter step, baby. (laughs) No, no, I know. But, but, but then be able to break that like field strip it like we talked in another episode right can you break that down even further and you're right i i did roll my eyes on that and i apologize i should not no no it's no 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 i i was oh wow a new yorker's apologizing hold on a second i was wrong you need a moment to absorb that they're 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 apologizing oh god uh new yorkers don't apologize for but i should not do that because no, you should, because first of all, it shows your quals that you know what the heck you're talking about. So anybody who's listening to this, because we don't put a lot of information on there about us, but anybody who's listening to this will go, oh, okay, so he does know what he's talking about, as opposed to who are these clowns? But anyway, the point is, is that you, with this stutter step and your student, he's not going to do it. So because he's, he's from, he a, never learned that at an earlier age is what you seem to be saying. Right, or he came to tennis late in life as a oh, baseball okay. player. Okay. Okay. Baseball player. Okay. No, I just, right. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that. And he's in his sixties. <clears throat> right. And based on the way he moves, whereas and, regardless of whether you were coached this at a young age or you just played tennis for a long time, if you've played tennis from a very long time, you've, you've acquired this stutter. I, I know I've acquired stutter stepping. I know I've acquired it. I, I didn't know what it was called, but so if we're hmm. changing, if, the main thing right now is for him to hit more consistently with his kid, right? His son, his kid. Yeah. He's, he's a man. His, well, yeah. his son, mm-hmm. and I go down the footwork path. That that is separate. Yeah, that's huge. So that no, could that, totally screw him up. <laughs> right? Well, that can make it worse. Yeah. Right. He's already moving in a way. So I had to figure out. Oh my God. I just realized this is exactly why. Well, I guess I should. This is exactly why you get so irate at coaches that are yelling 30 things on the sidelines. I think I just realized that. Yes. This is why you get so irate. Whereas to you, it was obvious like, hello. Yeah. The New York hello. That's what it was because you're like, First, you've always, you always did allude to it by saying, no, stop, stop. You're going to throw everything off. Now he's thinking about something else and it's going to blow up everything and you're ruining it. And you would get super mad. It was like we were in art class and I was like, hey, but what if we, what if we do this and we reconfigure this? And you're like, stop. It's a perfect sculpture. You idiot. It's, this is where we're going with this whole thing. And I'm like, I'm like, 
okay, fine, but you know, we could always change this and we could always talk about this and we could always, fine, we'll talk about it later. I don't really care. <laughs> think, think of it this way, ready? Mm. How many concepts do you want them to reflect on? Here, here you or, go. Or, hey, or, Palmer. Or, hey, or, or how many concepts are they capable of reflecting on? Yeah, but, but hold Take on. the person no, and the process. No, no, no. Gets better. Nobody's capable. We're human right. beings. Right. Pick one. Right. Pick one concept and you want to change. You're not going to change nine things at once. Right. Think of people's consumer habits to get somebody to stop buying the cereal they buy <laughs> is a nightmare, right? Like right. just to get them to buy a new product is people don't understand that of how hard it companies work to get your attention. I think they do now with, with the way things are going with social media and, and the internet, but you're being bombarded because they need you to change and they're going to keep hammering you over and over to get you to finally say, uncle, I'll buy the freaking blueberry frosted flakes this time because right. you're right. right. So when you're saying you're, I always say like the, the laundry list of things you're going to fix in your game <clears throat> and you're like, well, you gotta do this. I'm gonna do this. And you're like, what? That's everybody. That's not just kids. So when you hit somebody, with 14 concepts in a lesson or a class or in anything. It's again, this is my problem with school. We are hammering kids with all this information. And it's like, you know what? Do you, and then we argue they don't have attention spans. Well, we're teaching scatterbrain learning. Right. You, 20 minutes. Right. 20 minutes is unacceptable. 20 minutes on each thing and throughout it, the day. Yeah. It's that's all you get. That's, that's insanity. And that doesn't account for if you're struggling with the concept or if you're not struggling. <laughs> or, or, or how about you love the concept and right. you want to develop it more and you're not allowed to. Right. Oh, time's up. Right. But I, I just got my idea. The, the so, so, hold on. Let me just, I'm so, going to get back to your guy. Well, that's where I was important. going with this. Okay, yeah. so go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no. You're, so your guy, he, he has now realized you've had a moment together right and you and you realize that you're both will to know people and there's a certain element of will to conquer to a little bit like conquer this technique conquer this yes we, we have to be very careful on how we say that because we all it's, it's not it's, bad right it could be out of what balance right so we, too we much have, will to conquer snuffs out the will to know and it create again creates too much anxiety. will to know you never conquer anything you just mm -hmm. read about it <laughs> right <laughs> yes, right 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 so you're climbing the mountain together i'm borrowing this cheap analogy but i think it's important you're climbing the mountain together and you're giving him a foothold as he ascends in his acquisition of the skill and the the the, the pinnacle of the acquisition of the skill at this moment is climbing that mountain to the point where he can replicate the top of the mountain is he can replicate doing that comfortably. Yes. And mm. it was strike zone is your thigh. He's not based on his body type, his age and his mobility. He is not going to stutter step. So that is not going to help him. He needs to hit the ball better in this area. So my coaching was two from the deuce. I'm going to hit float one to the mid and we're working on the backhand. And then don't stutter step. I want you to wait a beat before you go. You're going to leave late on purpose. And that's what we worked on the entire time. And by the end, it, it took the entire lesson. Not only was his awareness, he got, that's what I was saying earlier. He got to the ball way too early. And he just stood there and he's like, I'm not hitting it. <laughs> I'm way too early. I left too early. Great. 
So he figured out, okay, when a, hold on. Now this is one component. When a ball has been hit to the midcourt on the ad side that sits high and floats, that's one, one type of shot. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, we have other things that can happen on that when side. When using right your backhand. Right. So that's one. So then the next lesson would be, okay, what if it's deeper? What if it's heavier? What if it's hit with a tremendous amount of slice? This is so interesting. Do you think, I don't know how comfortable you are with other sports and making that analogy, but do you, you know, people will probably say, well, in basketball, it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. I just don't know that there's this many variables. <laughs> that there's I mean I've played a lot of sports here I can't there, speak to those sports I, I, I like just them. wonder if I there's I just wonder if there's that many variables in soccer do you know what I mean because I, ju I just don't know I don't know and I'm not that's trying good, to say no this. no that's a good question I'm not trying to say would, this I'm not trying to say this to say oh tennis is so much better I'm saying it because I just I wonder really I just don't know I and, and, you know, and hold this on. is one of the we, reasons we, somebody why, should write down it, it's got to be out there all the variables of baseball, all the variables of football, all the variables of every sport, and let's let's have a variability chart. And then, wouldn't that be interesting, though, that you lay that out for people right when they will again? Here we go in your class. Hey, you're you're embarking on volleyball. Just so you guys know, and girls, I hate guys all the time. Just so you girls know that there's like I don't know, thirty percent of variability in this game. Okay, then you walk into another class and while well, you're playing baseball, it's 80% variability. What? Okay, there so pay attention. Right, it's a whole different thing. But it but it's moving slower. Yeah, we know. So so what I would say here, we're at this very tight moment. What I would say is that you have to be careful because when people are I would say that one of the things is that that's probably a reason why people are frustrated more easily by tennis because there are so many variables, but at the same time, we're not acknowledging those variables. But at the same time, if you acknowledge all those variables right in the beginning, people aren't gonna to wanna to play tennis. <laughs> people are gonna be like, people are gonna be like, F this, I'm out of here. Hold I'll, on, no, hold on. Paddle's no, looking, stop. Paddle's looking no, really good. That's no, <laughs> hold, stop, you just said it. You just cracked it open. You're my nutcracker. <laughs> Also known as a bee buster in New York, <laughs> right, right. Fran Sullivan. There you go. I'm channeling your mother. Oh, my Lord. So you just cracked it open. When you play pickleball, what do you do? You narrowed, you, you, you took all the variables out of it. Paddle. There's, you took speed out of it. <laughs> you, I mean, you, you added other variability to it, but you've eliminated other uh, variables. So... You don't have to be in that good a shape to play paddle. The running is at a minimum, correct? It's 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 like racquetball, right? Oh, like, don't cut on racquetball! No, 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 no! Hold on, I'm not I'm not cutting oh, on racquetball. Oh, racquetball's fast and hard. Then, I love racquetball. Yeah, but you can. But if you know where to position yourself, you don't have to be running all over the place. No, that's true. That's I what I'm talking about. Plenty of fat guy who stands right in the center and can whack the living bejesus yes, out of I've that got, ball. I've gotten destroyed. I played in college and I got destroyed by guys and 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 not just that but he's also not afraid to take as you stayed in the middle to take one big walloping shot right at your back with that little blue ball oh that's the worst <laughs> feeling ever really, right really, but, really, but really so good. you've taken out the variability 
Am I saying that right? Variability? Variability. Variability. There's I'm, an I in there. there <laughs> but well, an I for Long Island. I <laughs> for Long Island. You know Long Island. Do you know what it is? Because my brain is lit up. I'm no, skipping. I know you're moving. I'm skipping all vowels. All vowels it. are out. It's okay. I'm dropping the vowels. So you're the going variability. Eastern you're going Eastern the, Europe. Yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> the variability of mobility is out in racquetball if you're at a certain level. Right. So just by eliminating that, you've made the game different than tennis. Because if you can't move in tennis, you can't play. Unless you have two people that can lay it on the strings. Like, hey buddy, right here. And and the hardest part, the hardest part is is that as we age, and I'm not using this as an excuse, but I think one of the hardest parts is as we age our mobility because we don't do it like we did when we were kids where we just freewheelingly went and hey there's a field let's go run and play we don't do that and we've we've reconditioned ourselves to a point where our mobility is going and i think that that's what and getting people in the sport at an earlier age they've kind of they've kind of got that sort of psychomotor conditioning that, that they can bring back. So even if their mobility is decreasing by the year because of their sedentary lifestyles, the people that played tennis as an early age, at an early age ingrained some of that psychomotor skill set. So it triggers when they get on a court, even if they're 40, 50, 60, and they're like, well, I got to run at some level. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Whereas people who didn't play it at a young age, didn't establish that psychomotor memory, muscle memory. And so for them, they're like, they get out there after a few times and they're like, forget this. And they look over at the paddle and they're like, that looks bad. Well, I think like with my lesson, if he had come from a tennis background growing up and I would say, Hey, you're just not stutter stepping. You go, Oh, duh. Or I might say, you know, you're 25 years old older than your son and the ball's moving pretty fast right, right? like <laughs> that's a whole other thing so you've got to create the scenario based on your so now we're having a different lesson right i mean that's a whole different lesson now totally and i think that's what we missed sometimes that was my point of illustrating the one kind of shot we worked on because then i'm setting him up for failure if I don't illustrate, to, I, and I said to him at the end, I said, "Listen, this was this is this kind of shot. This is the this is the uh, gateway drug to this side." And I said to him, and he's good about it. He goes on the ball machine all the time. So I said, "Now you have a blueprint on what to work on." Now mm -hmm. I said, "When you go out with the ball machine later this week, have it go two to the deuce, and then we have the one that can you can do multiple yeah. shots, which is great." Yeah. And I said, then change up the depths, change up the pace. And, and now you can shoot for the thigh where you're going to grab it. And then I backed in. I said, then when you feel comfortable with that, and I said, don't worry about like, if the shot's good or bad. Did you take it thigh high? Then from there, start adding the, the things we talked about. Are you getting power from extension? Are you getting power from rotation? Are you, diff are you slicing it? What are you going to use at these different depths? But see, only, only, um, <clears throat> and, and we'll, we'll wrap this one up, but only after you have been, after you commit yourself and you've been playing, you kind of, what happens is you kind of have to, um, 
you've acquired, you've processed, we've done exactly what we're talking about. We've processed and you've reflected. And now you've, like you're saying, it take, when you do a book, it takes you a really long time. Well, for certain people, not no slight on you, but I could read the same book and I could process it faster. Kind of like you can process faster on the court because my skill, I've had 20 years, <laughs> a lot more of processing complicated concepts. And so I can, boom, I can nail it kind of like you can with your complicated processing. But, but I can do that because I can isolate out all the other stuff. I can draw analogies. I can make things quicker in my head. And it's the same thing with you, with your tennis skill. You can do that very quickly and you can isolate out all that other stuff. The noise. The noise. Yeah. But to the average person who's playing tennis, the club player or whatever, that they're playing tennis, for you to be able to get to that level, you really have to commit yourself. You really have to commit yourself to, to getting into it and playing and put away what we've been talking about here. You have to put away your self-consciousness and you have to bring up your self-awareness a little bit more. And you have to start getting into the, ling the language, but you also have to just start just playing more and getting into the art of the, the game, the art of the game and appreciating things. And you'll start to see things like, oh, I, that's right, you're aware, awareness. I'm, oh, that's right, I'm doing that stutter stepping that he said. I didn't even realize I was doing it, but yeah, I used it that time. Or whatever it is, right? That If you go back to your guy, the, the depth, and now he's gonna be playing his son and he's gonna be thinking to himself, He's, he's going to be cognitively processing on the court, which I, I have to imagine is probably a proud moment for you. You're not going to be there, but it'll be a proud moment because he'll probably come back and be like, yeah, you know, uh, I was playing my kid. And, uh, well, I want you right. I want to, I want to find time for him now. I want to find time. Even if I don't have time and I see him at the club, I'm like, yo, I, I, I got a cancellation. You're in like, like, I'm in, I will look for time for now because, that's so cool, yeah. right. Because that's, it was the fastest hour. Cause I am fully engaged mentally, physically. Right. which is my overexcitability, psychomotor. But that loves you, that you love that. Oh, that's what you look for in a student. That's that's what makes you want to come back to for a me, student. For me, and every coach is a little bit different. No, 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 I know right. that, but I'm just yeah. saying that's what makes you want to come back to a student and be like, oh, I'm digging this. You know, but, and here's the thing too, though, ready? And we can wrap this up. You had said about awareness, but we're talking about vision, and you can't have vision without an awareness. So if, if you're self-conscious and you're, you come in worried about what you're going to look like or feel like, you're taking away, so you're aware of that versus aware of the things that are going to help you with your vision. So those, those are just, that's noise. That's emotional noise. That is anxiety, right? That, those things will not bode well for you in your vision. And and if you, people need to come out and say to their coach, hey, I'm a, little, I'm a little anxious about this, right? So we need to ask one, mine is, what's your vision for yourself? So he did that for me by coming in. I said, what do you want to work on? And he said, well, I'll tell you what I want to work on. So now that's his vision. And now we're working together. If he had not done that, then it's my vision and he's not going to be as engaged. He might still find it interesting, but it was his journey, his mountain to climb, not mine. I think we had to leave it there because we're going to pick it up right now. Got it. Do you know what you just did, though? What? You rocked my brain. I knew that. I knew that.